everybody. We're back. It's Two Likeable Guys. I'm Steve. This is my awesome co-host, Josh. And we have an exciting, exhilarating ride for you today. We have the one and only Mr. Charles Benz. He is one of the most eclectic guests we've had. He's exciting. He's awesome. He's he is awesome. He is awesome. He was one of, well, he was my favorite, but he was one of the best monster truck drivers on the the tour. He was Monster Jam. Little, little tour called Monster Jam. <laughs> and uh, he goes into some stuff, and he grew up in Red Bank, made some friends with uh, some of the people Josh knows, and uh, talks about growing up with one of Josh's relatives no that's yeah, not right pre- pretty much you might as well call him my brother-in-law jimmy jimmy so jimmy. Each, each time uh, charles refers to jimmy it's uh, he's talking about my uh my brother-in-law yeah and there's a i imagine there'll be a few um mentions a few just a few but it's crazy you're gonna love it i say we just get right to it Hello. Hey, man. Uh oh, wait, hold on. Hello, oh Lord. Hello, who is Ma, put that stuff. Put, put the steel down. Turn the logs off. Y'all can It's Tennessee calling. It's Tennessee calling. Oh, Lord. Put your pants on. Oh, wait, never mind. It's a telephone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How you been, buddy? Is this thing on? He's <laughs> on. He's on. on. I got my buddy, uh, my co host Steve's on here with me. How you doing, sir? Hey, man. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Pleasure to talk to you, at least. Well, I'm I'm pleasure to talk to you all as well. And wow, I'm honored, dude. I'm I'm just a kid from Red Bank, dude. I'm I'm one of y'all. I ain't nobody. I'm just just a kid from Red Bank. Were you born here? Um, I was born in Chattanooga. I mean, at the hospital there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, that's pretty awesome. That's that's, that's my hometown. I grew up there and lived everywhere, but mostly Red Bank. And family business took me from Tiftonia, Lookout Mountain, Red Bank, all over. But no, what was the family business? My mother's side was um, furniture, textiles, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Myrtle Beach area. Moved there, had a furniture store. My dad's business was radio and television. My mother, right out of college, my mother was a UTC graduate, went into UTC. Worked at uh, different radio stations there and ad- advertising agencies. And she met my stepdad. And that's where the tower and Red Bank and the cell phone sites and Pinehurst Avenue and McKay Hill Road and WFLI radio and TV and all the other entities come into play. Oh, yeah. That is amazing. We bought we bought a house from from a really, really kind gentleman and a very sweet lady. And I, I could not have been more fortunate as a young man because as a result, I met my brother who lived in that house before me. And his name was Jimmy Ray Ashburn Jr. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and we we had to buy three houses in Red Bank to build a 750-foot FM transmitter there that my family wanted to build. And one of them was Mr. Ashburn Sr.'s home. Wow. 
imagine the difficulty with separating someone from their home where they're raising their children and they're and they're doing things and and i could see my stepdad i mean he's a badass you know vietnam hard charger and he's trying to grow a business and not screw people over and you've got people sitting in family homes over there so my dad had to take care of of jimmy's dad and in the middle of it me and this dude started walking around and playing with 22 rifles on this hill <laughs> ended up being the best friend any could ever have i'll tell you what man and and that stuff where we're from because i've been around the world doing what i do and man there's only one place where where we come from where it's so real like that hey man there's a bunch of snakes under this pallet down here in the creek what do you want to do <laughs> I don't know. Let's go get some. Let's, let's go, go get see it. how many. Yeah. How many are there? I don't know. Flip it over. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Lord, we better run. Oh, yeah. Right. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and, and, and we were just so extreme and out there. And we both, I don't know, Jimmy and I both had difficulties. Nothing that we caused, but difficult home situations. So we just kind of resonated, man. And we, we did things many people wouldn't, wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm being kind here. <laughs> I've I've heard some stories. I've heard, oh I've well, ain't none of them true. None of them, not a, except for church on Sunday. None of them are true, sir. There, there you go. There you That's go. it. Yes, sir. <laughs> How old were you when you uh, moved away? In in the early '80s, my family bought some entities in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ah, okay. And and I'm, I'm a whole my whole family history in the Benz family. If you look it up, was. My family would either take radio stations and and create new entities and and set them up under franchisee ship, or take franchisee ships that have been run into the ground and go back and fix things. Go back, fix and, and kind of like kind of like house could, flipping. Yeah, exactly, sir. Yeah, and that could involve any level. I mean, maybe maybe some pep talks or maybe some you know whatever it takes and it's a weird world because you can live in a bunch of different cities as a kid it took us to norfolk it took us to to chattanooga to atlanta to birmingham to you know my my family my family worked very hard all over the southeast and the the northeast in the end and they had an opportunity to take on those major market stations in pittsburgh and my stepdad and my mom were a pretty darn good team by then man they were impressive they really were. They were some butt kickers. And <laughs> and that's that spirit, man. You don't, I'm telling you, you come from the area we come from. You you learn to work hard or I, I guess it probably holds true anywhere, but it's just, I feel like it's different where we come from. There's a different work ethic. Perhaps it's my grandparents, that Southern upbringing, like, yeah, baby, it's hot out there, but you better get to work all day. <laughs> that's right that's exactly and, and uh, it's different it's 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 so different everywhere else and i just i'm so proud to grow up there and where i did and i'm i'm a silly kid from chattanooga tennessee who's so proud of it and i'm living proof that if you work really hard man you can make dreams happen and and my mother is an inspirational woman she was uh E-R-A, N-O-W, you know what I mean? Wait, they ain't gonna pay us as much as who? What? You know, and and that was her in the 70s. And and I res I respect no woman more and none higher. And you put that with my stepdad, who was the Vietnam hard charger taking over the family business. What's the direction to move forward? You put the two of them together, it was lightning, man. And I just I stepped back and watched and and it all evolved into what it became and and 
I had a very good friend along the way that watched it all happen with me. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Is, is your uh, mom and stepdad still around? Unfortunately, my stepdad has passed away. My mother okay. is still around. She went on to have more than one very good career. She was 60 years in the business of radio and television. And, and wow. Yes, sir. You, you don't do that by accident, especially as a female who came through in the 70s and 80s. That's a special kind of spirited woman that you don't mess around with. I still wouldn't mess with her <laughs> to this day. I've got you down. Uh, you tell me if any of these are wrong. I've said I've got you. Uh, I made a few notes, just did my research and stuff. I None of that was as... legally diagnosed on the crazy side. So if you have that down, <laughs> that I'm going to stop you right now. No, hold on. I've got Nobody, nothing illegal. No, nothing certified. No, no paper. There you go. Thank no you. Paper. Thank you for the disclosure, sir. Appreciate <laughs> you. I've got you down as a realtor, a monster truck driver, a humanitarian, and a philanthropist. Oh, gosh. You've been on the damn social medias and all that bull crap. <laughs> I, well, that. And listening to, uh, I listened to your interview, and uh, I think, and then looked up some news articles about you. And I thought the coolest thing was um, your trips to the hospitals uh, for the kids, and um, the way you always stepped up with with kids around. I mean, it was just like that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. I mean, uh, you were the wild, uh, crazy. Um, <laughs> Metallica bassist looking haircut guy that drove a monster truck, but you really cared about kids uh, that were sick and uh, needed some cheering up or just needed somebody to say, Hey, man, I, I could, I could go all over, man. I don't know. Y'all tell me when it's time to start. <laughs> I don't even okay. know where to begin, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm, rolling, I I'm rolling now. So I mean, Good luck cutting this all together. Y'all are going to hate me. Oh, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Now, they, Man, I wanted, I, yeah, I wanted to touch into that, and uh, but actually go into how you got started doing the truck stuff, which I know you've you've probably done a million interviews. How'd you get started? Blah blah blah. This that and other. You know, same old, same old. I just stuff. I'll just say it real, man. Yeah. I sat there and I sat there in the front yard of a house in Red Bank, Tennessee. And my stepdad taught me how to turn wrenches, how gears work, front ends, how mechanical stuff works, and then how to drive. I mean, he would he would be like, hey, man, go over. The, the employees are all stuck in the snow and ice on Pinehurst on the other side where the skate park is. And I need you to put the chains on the truck and drive them all up and down the hill all night and make sure everybody's safe. Go real slow. Put it in first, you know? And, yeah. and I was eight. <laughs> and I remember... <laughs> I remember being bad, dude, right? It was crazy. 12 years old, 10 years old. I was like, hey, man, I'm bored. Let's go get Jimmy. So I got my buddy with me to keep me company all night. And I'm like, who the hell would let their son out in the middle of the night to go, oh, <laughs> hi, Miss Ashburn. How you doing? Oh, Jimmy, get, he'd get away with anything with her. Dude, he'd drive his car over to my house. He's like 10 years old. They're all, dude, what do you, what's wrong with you guys? Don't do this in front of us. <laughs> It's the attitude and that spirit of coming from Chattanooga, that area, and growing up during those times. You couldn't stop me, baby. Oh, That's yeah. it. That's it. And I and I and I knew where I was from, man. Yeah. Basically, my mother's the reason for the give back stuff. My mom was so kind and still is, and and would do anything for anyone. And and my dad was the tough guy. And I took the two 
I learned how to run them trucks around. I learned how to drive a little bit in four-wheel drive vehicles, and it became a lot of fun. I had adventures and thrills that would probably get most parents put in jail right now. You know, <laughs> climbing 750-foot <laughs> towers when I was nine years old, changing light bulbs, you know, in the night. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, dad, do, I don't do heights. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. My when we built that big tower in Red Bank, they were like, yeah. my dad was incredible. He was, he was on everything. Nothing could be out of code, out of violation. Everything had to be good with the FCC, FAA, uh, and, yeah, yeah, and and just real estate. It taught me about the importance of real estate. My grandmother was in real estate there, and and it led to a lifetime of of enjoying communications, enterprise related real estate. I love cell phone towers. I love transmitters. I love dealing with things like that. And my, my family was inspirational to me. And my stepdad had that army redneck side where he would just hop in the trucks and go crazy and then trust me to do it and taught me at a young age. Hey, here's how you do it. Be safe. Do this. Here's what's going to happen. And here's how you fix it when it breaks. And, and things you don't get taught these days, like here's a set of tools. Here's how you fix stuff. Imagine that. Right, right exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. We could do this all day. I could tangent out all over the place here, but... <laughs> But imagine, and imagine if even if it ain't your dad, let's just say it's like, I don't know, a Sunday school teacher who gives a darn or somebody at a high school vocational shop who cares about the kids. Hey, guys. Hey, gals. This is a set of tools. This is how nuts and bolts work. This is how you fix things. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying we're in a world where that's gotten away from us, but those were almost basics you were expected to know back then, you know? Right. How to change a tire. Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, get, you, you get out your cell phone and call somebody. Isn't that how you do it? Roadside yeah. assistance? You wait two hours for AAA to come. Oh, heavens no, man. Not, <laughs> me and my friends would laugh. We were like Bo and Luke style, dude, with the floor jack. I got the X tool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go. we... We got to go before the cops come. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be questions. Well, just gotta, kidding. You've got to get out of here. got to get out of here. Just kidding, maybe. <laughs> we got to get the real license plate. No, no, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa. I know you're listening. <laughs> oh, so my. you started driving the big four-wheel drive trucks and stuff, but did you start in the smaller trucks before you got to the monster trucks? I did. I did, man. So we went from we went from Chattanooga to Pittsburgh to Birmingham to Albuquerque in my family business. And in Albuquerque, I experienced like the desert driving desert, desert sand out here in New Mexico and Georgia clay where we're from, you know, teleco planes, all that getting up there to play on them rock steps. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's, that's together, but a lot of stuff isn't, they don't know what Kalichi is out here, man. This, this stuff out here turns to mush. They don't know what real mud is. I mean, it's crazy. So, Yes. I, I started racing the trucks. I started taking what I had learned. I actually, you know, it's so funny. My dad took me four-wheeling. I remember we took we took Jimmy. I know I'm probably, you're going to have a million cuts. I know y'all hate me. Uh, it's a bear. No, it's love bear. it. I think you're doing great. When I was a little kid in Chattanooga, my stepdad often took me four-wheeling, Teleco Plains, um, Prentice Cooper, Chickamauga, all the areas around there, W Road, Signal Mountain out in the mud, the the highway when they were building it in the early 80s. 
I really got into some crazy stuff and he trusted me. And and I drove in the wintertime in Chattanooga, which you all know how that works. Everything just shuts down. Right. And I had all them good times of learning to drive it. Well, those experiences and moving around the country, I, you know, he took me and I wanted to do that with my son. I took my son four wheeling and I used to, I used to take pictures of him in the truck all sideways on a hill or, you know, in, in a perilous situation or, you know, it was about sideways, things like that. And one day I was taking a picture of him and I was like, man, it'd be terrible if something actually happened here. Right? <laughs> and I thought I would, I thought I would affiliate myself with a local shop in Albuquerque, the Bill Roll Cages. And I started hanging out with this guy and all I really wanted to do was build a roll cage for my silly old truck. My stepdad loved blazers and Ram chargers. When I was a kid, I always dreamed about having them. I had like four when I was 16, you know, you get that, you get four, I turn them into one that runs maybe sometimes. Right. And I was like, man, someday if I ever make it, I'm going to build my dream one. And I, and I built a pretty cool blazer and I would take pictures of my kid in it. And I thought one day, man, I ought to, I ought to build something to keep him safe or something like that. Maybe do a little more than my stepdad did, which was like, here, maybe put your seatbelt on. Maybe, maybe yeah. <laughs> out here. I, I found a really cool shop and I, and I met a man who worked there and we, we built a cage for my truck and he was like, Hey Charles, you got to come and watch me race this weekend. And there was this broke down, bring, you know, run what you brung type race, tough truck thing. And, and I went down and I watched him win it with a $50 turd. <laughs> I mean, he, he went down there and won that race with a $50 bucket of bolts that ran like garbage, but he won because he just had the stones to drive it. Right. And it hit me right then. I was like, man, I got to get me some of this. <laughs> By then we had already moved into New Mexico. We'd evolved into radio and communication. A lot of local businesses knew us, knew who we were. And I was like, man, I'm going to reach out to some of these people and say, yo, why don't y'all help me out a little bit? I'll get your name out there and act stupid. And I'll show you how a crazy kid from North Georgia and Chattanooga will run a truck into the ground based some of these guys. They gave me a chance. And and I got some good sponsors who put me in a truck and and I started winning. And and some of these guys I was racing at, I'll admit it. We, of course, man, it's racing. You build those rivalries. You know what I mean? And Right. And I was at a track with a guy out here one night, and I'm not going to name him because he ain't even worth two seconds of my mention, but he sure knows who he is. And we got into <laughs> it one night. We got into it one night at a payout window, you know, and I I won. He was second, and we, you know, rah, rah, rah. And they, the payout clerk gave me the wrong amount of money. Gosh, man, you guys are outing me, dude. I wish I had a better story than this, but I, I guess the truth is is pretty resonating. I this is the story of, of how Charles Benton started giving away all his money in racing. There's no doubt about this. There was a fella at a Southern New Mexico racetrack with me in tough trucks. I was first, he was second. And at a payout window, they gave me the wrong envelope with the wrong amount of money in it. And I turned around and I was like, ma'am, I'm sorry. I believe you. He gave me the wrong envelope. This is the other gentleman's and such and such. And he goes, oh, heck, Charles, it ain't like you need the dang money. And I got so mad. I t oh, I know. I turned around and looked at him and I was like, you think this is about money? And I tore the envelope up a bunch of times and threw it in the air like confetti, like an idiot. And and I walked Ooh. away. I was all, I said, this ain't about money. This is about whipping your <laughs> tail. 
No, this you didn't have to cut there. You're welcome. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, this this ain't about the money. This is about the victory. I get in the truck feeling like Johnny Hero. You know what I mean? Yeah, I told him by golly, right? Yeah. yeah, my old lady and my kid both look at me like, hey, idiot. <laughs> what the heck was that? And 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 what are you doing with our money? And I was like, oh, 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 guys, hey, yeah. And they're like, you could have done a lot of stuff with that, you know, like giving it to us or or give it to this hospital that you volunteered at that you really say you like here a lot. And a little light went on right then at that moment, boys. Yeah. I was like, that's it. That's it. You're right. Y'all, wow. You guys have just checked up, Dad. I'm in my place. And from now on, anything that truck ever does. And it started out long before Children's Miracle Network and the wonderful affiliations that I became so privileged to be a part of. It was one hospital, fellas, and it's it's called Kerry Tingley Hospital. It's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I wish I had a more benevolent story for you gentlemen than this, but a, a crazy <laughs> kid from Chattanooga fell into this hospital in his college days and you know, uh, what What university? Uh, UTK? No, uh, wait, Louisville? I'm oh, sorry, no, Pitt, wait. No, UNM. Yeah, I know. Hey, man, go Lobos. It's a great school. And I'll, I'll go even deeper. I started at community college under that. I'm never going to be fake and be like, oh, I'm such a success. I, I struggled. Just C's <laughs> get degrees, y'all know. I ain't ever going to be fake. Right. But in that school, they made us do a volunteer project, and thank heavens they did, because I fell into this hospital and and I had a parking pass near the kids' hospital at my college. And I went in there blind and stupid. And I met a little kid who at age three years old was in a car wreck way down south in New Mexico with his family. He lost everything from the neck down at age three. He couldn't walk. He couldn't use his arms. He couldn't do nothing no more. Mm, man. He's in a car with his brothers and sisters. Mom's driving. No seatbelts on nobody. And the only hospital in our state that can treat him is all the way up in Albuquerque. It's, it's hundreds of miles away from where the accident scene was. So they literally separated this young man from his entire family and sent him to Albuquerque, where he underwent treatment on how to deal with life after you lose everything from the neck down. And that's real, brother. Man. His name was Mikey. It melts my heart right now, and I can't even hardly talk about it and stay composed, gentlemen. It's very difficult. Oh, I bet, man. Yeah. I'll never forget him. He he's forged a big part of who the heck I am right now, dude. Yeah. That's no BS. That's no embellishment. That's no crap story. Let me give some good feeler. That's the real deal, man. That's it. I think that's one of the things about you. It seems like you you go to these different places, but you take something away uh, for yourself that builds your character going on to the next place like uh for example you said you know red bank you you learned to you know you grew up fixing your cars driving in the snow driving there and then you and then now at the uh, you meet the guy in the, the the poor kid at the hospital that's that's had you know just a terrible circumstance and, and you take inspiration and just a, a part of that with you and it makes up who you are and i think that's what makes you pretty awesome uh, because it, it just, you take these things from these different places and, and it makes the whole, it makes you complete and it makes you a, uh, seems like a better person. You know, I, I, I don't would say it for everyone, you know, if we can, we can all draw on that. Man, I, I, I just, 
I, I get inspired. I, I look for the best in people. I look for inspiring things. And what this kid taught me is to never complain, brother. I mean, it could always be worse. And I, man, I, I hate, I hate hearing anybody say, Oh, what now? Or what's next? I'm like, dude, shut up. Oh my gosh. It could be so much worse. You could, you should thank heavens that you're able to get up and just walk away from here. I've met children who at their young ages learn the ability to even ever have that choice. Thank God that I can get up. Hey, I decide tomorrow real estate sucks. Guess what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk away from it. I've met children who lose that choice before they're even in double digit numbers. Right. I really think this is a great place to talk about, uh, you know, you've gotten to there, but some of the dangers, I mean, you've been through some pretty uh, (laughs) devastating uh, crashes and and things. Would you mind, would it be, uh, would it be in position uh, to have you talk a little bit about the, fire accident uh in the truck where if i'm not mistaken it singed your eyes shut oh man i i i mean so i got so i got it no 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 i love it no are you kidding i'm I'm on fire that's been way more than once oh my gosh no i (laughs) when i got out of these tough trucks i started i started running the tough trucks around Hanging out on that tough truck circuit and giving away all that money, it got bigger and bigger, and more and more sponsors got behind us. Suddenly, you got aluminum engines showing up on your doorstep, and I'm like, "Whoa, you know, hell, I hey, all right then, (laughs) you know." And suddenly, and then all of a sudden, the expectations go up, and then you show up to a town and and you win everything, and then you take your truck down to the to the veterans hospital, to the kids hospital, and then you take your paycheck and you sign it over to little kids there. Within a year and a half of doing that, all of a sudden these monster truck boys are coming around. Hey, man, <laughs> you seem <laughs> like a, we don't know if you're a crazy West Coaster or a crazy redneck from the South. We don't know who the heck you are. You're from Pittsburgh, from Chattanooga, from Albuquerque. We, what the heck are you? And I said, you know, I'm a mutt. I'm just a big hybrid. I don't know what I'm going to be. And they were like, you need to get up on this monster tour. And I said, well, my whole racing operation is based off two things. One, I own the name Pitbull. And that's, come on, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Red Bank boy to buy yeah. Pitbull Racing. That's a pretty good name to have. Heck yeah. Yes. All right. Heck yeah. So, so I got that going for me. And they were like, wait, monster trucks and Pitbull Racing? Get up here, boy. So I got my first monster truck. And I was all, the only way we run this operation is if we give everything away to help kids. And they were like, we're not going to help you because you're a dang fool. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) And they're like, you ain't going to be nothing giving your money away. This costs too much. They said, this is crazy. You got to get semis. You got to get CDLs. You got to buy tractor trailers and 150 grand a year in motors and and 70,000 in tires and blah, blah, blah. And Charles, you can't do that. You're, a, you can't give away the money. And I, I thought about it for like three weeks, man. And I stood in front of every camera on the steps in front of my hospital. And my family, everybody's there looking at me. And I walked out there and I said, I'm going to give away everything we make to these kids. <laughs> 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 what a fool. Oh, my we God. did it. 
We did it, brothers. We did it. We did it. Some crazy kid from Red Bank started with a local truck out of Albuquerque, giving away everything we made. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Guys, it got more support behind it. We, we started traveling literally all over the country. And eventually, the, the powers that be at Monster Jam came to me with great opportunities, great TV events, great tours. And I love Monster Jam. I thank them for every everything they've done for me so far and man the future's still limitless i love them and i appreciate them and we've i mean dude the georgia dome y'all is that small time dallas cowboy texas stadium anybody heard of that yeah, man. <laughs> el stadium the olympiad in barcelona spain i don't know a couple of folks sitting there just one few, or two people just a few yeah, yeah a handful you, you three or four of your buddies in there yeah if you pack it in a little opportunities you can't imagine gentlemen they presented me and I'm, i thank them every day for it i'm gonna say one shout out if i could to somebody who means the world to me forrest lucas from lucas oil yeah back in the very beginning man and they were like some team is gonna give away all their money to little kids in the hospital what a moron i mean uh well done sir <laughs> <laughs> and they helped us. They helped us so much, dude. It's so hard to do what I did. Right. So we got into it. Then it just grew from there. And and I've I've been in military hospitals and Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. Inspirational stories, and it all started from there. And yes, I didn't want to go out there and compete. And I, y'all, I'll tell you what. Here's here comes a whole new show. You could here's part two. Cut. Okay. <laughs> part two. This is the inside of monster trucks. Okay. Because at a monster truck show, I'm telling you, everybody in your audience knows this. There's gonna be two people who come there to race their monster truck. There's a dude who comes there to put on a good show. Hey, everybody. Hi. And get out of there in one piece. Right. And there's the guy who come there to win. And you hope there's a whole bunch of people on that list that come there to win because that's what gives a good show to the crowd. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody on every ticket I ever went to can say, man, Pitbull, Rottweiler, whatever Charles was driving, <laughs> he didn't come here to win. He came here to dominate everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. That's it. Definitely. And And that's it. And that's what it all evolved into. And giving away the money, visiting the hospitals in every city every week for years, man. Nine years of doing it. It was incredible. What happened with some of your, your bigger wrecks? I mean, I know it's it's like they ask Evil Knievel, hey, what were you thinking during that wreck, Evil? You know, but <laughs> what was going through your mind on some of the, the, the worst wrecks? And then we'll talk some about some of the good stuff. We get the bad stuff out of the way. I love it. Okay, so here's all your hard cuts. I'm sorry, and I know you hate me. <laughs> I, I, bottom line is if i can't get the story out i'll forget it bro yeah, so i just had it. to puke it <laughs> so you asked me about being on fire i will say this right. the first time i was on fire it was like a little one and i was like "Ooh, man i'm glad that was handled that was that could have been dangerous and it didn't affect my confidence and i kept running harder and harder and harder and one night in a show in my hometown I mean, every local sponsor, everybody who believed in me, 200 kids and their healthy siblings from our hospital here in Albuquerque, where it all started, everybody's in the crowd and they got this motor home out there. And I can't, I mean, they, they got some big time trucks and everybody wants to come here and pee in my Wheaties in my hometown now. And I can't go out there and do no little show. I got to run it hard and longer than anybody. And it got red hot. 
And when I'm running it in the ground, I'm finishing off with this donut and I got my steering wheel off and hanging out the window. So if something goes wrong, there's no saving it. And I'm spinning and I'm flipping and flying. And all of a sudden the motor overheats and the head splits open. Aluminum head cracks. Oh, it throws. Oh yeah, buddy. It throws methanol racing fuel and oil mix all over the hot exhaust engine block and transmission. And at first, it's so funny because if you check out our Facebook or our website, you look down. At first, I'm looking down. You know what? Is that a... And and by the time I could say fire, I just remember my whole face is in a ball of it. And they, they, they got me out of there. A couple of good friends of mine, Larry Quick... Some of the some of the Don King racing guys and the track officials got me out of the truck pretty quick. And I remember being with the paramedics and they were like, oh, man, this one doesn't look too bad. So they gave me the little plastic scrubby thing and my eye popped open. And I was like, oh, hey, I can see y'all. All right. Oh. The other one, I had to go to the hospital for a little Mickey and Rocky for the old cut me Mick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, cut me, Mick, cut me Mick was no fun, but I, I got better equipment, more fire protection, and 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 the more we evolved, the better it got to the end. And and I remember that night it happened. If you look at that stupid video, I hate that video, but it it helped make my career. So I gotta I gotta leave it there, and I'm thankful for my friends who took it. But when I caught on fire originally. I got out and I, I realized I had one of my eyes was still okay and the other one was still iffy. And I look up with my good eye. I said, gosh, this sounds like your first date with your cousin. No, never mind. I'm sorry. Cut. <laughs> cut. <laughs> I looked up with her good eye and said, hey, Claudette. No, I'm sorry. Cut. Okay. <laughs> I looked up out of the fire and I saw these kids that I had brought to the show and they're crying in the stands. Oh, man. Oh. I know. I was like, oh, Lord, that's good. Bring them all down here and traumatize them. Hey, thanks, Charles. Appreciate it, buddy. I can't <laughs> wait to see you again. So I grabbed the mic and I tore off my helmet and I started headbanging. And I, I just, I went crazy and the whole crowd went nuts with me. And I was like, I'm fine, y'all. I'm fine. And and by the end, I was like, I am dizzy. Get me out of here. And right. it was, it was like, hey, I'm fine. And that just became the thing. And that raised the standard. They were like, so, so every time we do this, we can expect more and more and more. And, and that's definitely what led to monster jam and the career that I'm in and what's happened. It's crazy, man. I've been blessed and, and I've been on fire a lot of times. And it's so funny because we learn as, as seasoned drivers, we learn to downplay those hard accidents, the fires, the things that hurt. You're just like, Oh, I'm fine. You know, you're still smoldering on your shoulder. Oh, that's right. good. Oh. You're drinking the water. You pour a little on your shoulder. No bigs, you know. Hey, we're good. And I think again, I'll attribute that a lot to where I'm from. <laughs> you ain't gonna scare no North Georgia boy, no Southern Tennessee <laughs> boy. Oh, hey man, you got a little smoldering stuff on your on your fire seat. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Excuse me. I think my pole's ringing. Catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Can you educate us just a little bit about how hard those big monster trucks are to drive? And and don't you have like rear steer and, and all this craziness going on? I mean, just, just a little, a few of the basics. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely, man. Monster, monster and, and trucks. Do, oh, go ahead. No, and, and just how do you learn to do that and, and race and do stunts? And I mean, there's got to be, because 
most vehicles don't have that. <laughs> Jimmy Ray Ashburn had a 78 Torino. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I don't need to go into great details here. Wait, hold on. Uh, cut. <laughs> cut. Never mind. Cut. You drive that you big think, old. You drive that big old boat of a Torino. You can uh, drive just about. Dude, anything. yeah. If you can go sideways <laughs> down Dayton Boulevard in the Torino and not take out the swap shop, you've done something. <laughs> oh, dude, boy. and get home before his mom figures out what the hell happened. That yeah. was the best. Like seriously, dude. We walk in, hey, <laughs> sweating, dude, looking like the guy from Vacation. Hey, hey Miss Ashburn. <laughs> so. How hard is it to drive one of those monster trucks? Hey, we're back on the record, and let's talk monster trucks. All right. No, gosh. Man, I'll tell you, monster trucks was awesome. When I got the call, my first pit bull was a 1,400-horsepower supercharged alcohol injection animal. And monster truck circuit is really cool, man. You've got to run these 66-inch tall tires. They all have to be the same. And it's just a giant concoction of who wants to be light who wants to be heavy more horsepower less horsepower higher tire cut less tire cut it's a giant strategic chess game of how to make your monster truck the fastest and the greatest most durable freestyle performer there is because there's there's really there's a lot of tricks and wheelies and some stuff at events that happen but it comes down to two things which we can do on Brainerd Road or we can do at a monster truck show. And that comes down to wheelies and showing off. <laughs> That's freestyle. Yeah. And 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 racing. Racing is where it's at. You guys know how it works. You're the fastest one. You keep going until you're the lastest one. Right. You know, that's it. Right. Fastest to lastest. Here's that's how you do it. it. I always wanted to be the lastest. But in monster trucks, you add the second event. And that's showing off. That's freestyle. That's wheelies. That's whatever you can do to make people go, whoa, that dude's nuts. <laughs> Which was and your favorite, that, racing or the freestyle? All of it. For me, my absolute favorite was a clean sweep. I just want to show up and make people wow. sorry they even bothered to come to that show. Not uh, not the crowd. The not the crowd. I mean, right. oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the crowd. See, that's the thing. If I'm having fun, the crowd's having fun because I don't care. Right. The competition, I remember, man, especially with me and my partner, Tony, we'd pull our trucks out of the trailer and people would just look over like, oh, man, this is going to be a long weekend. Let's just let's just let's just go to Denny's and take it easy tonight, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. And and looking over at me and Tony, you knew it was going to be the worst weekend you've had in months. And, and that's that's a big part of the mental game. And then just driving and carrying up to it. And again, this goes back to Monster Jam and the level of equipment that they gave me. That Rottweiler truck was the greatest piece of machinery I've ever operated. I was able to do things in that chassis that were literally gravity-defying. And I, I was amazed at my own events at times and my safety even coming out of it. And I had so much fun. And right at the time that all this got to be its very best life threw me an incredible curveball in the form of of the most beautiful little girl that i've ever seen in my life and mm. and when that little girl came that was it for me y'all i mean I, I i i had to be dad i got a great little sister i was i saw how important it is to have a dad in your life especially if you're a little girl right and and for the last nine years that's been my mission 
And and now it's funny. Nine years later, the the guy who who tried MMA fighting, the guy who raced monster trucks, the the pit bull, that big tough guy is getting beat up by a nine year old little girl. Guys, it's pretty dang embarrassing. <laughs> I, I I wish I had a more glamorous tough guy story, but uh, she she's in a gang, and 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 that gang rolls up. The leader is named Grandma. <laughs> and yeah they're 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 three roughhousers and they roll up and they they demand money or they threaten me with violence and i've i've chosen just to give them the money so, so far so to not get hurt so now you're losing your lunch money oh, oh absolutely yeah <laughs> i get i throw my wallet and take off running absolutely yes i am afraid of these three. Oh man they're gangsters and they're not afraid of violence let me tell you oh man and they they are not messing around. There's they're three of the toughest gals I've ever met, and they ain't no joke. How many uh, uh, children do you have? Just the one, or do you have several? I, I have I have a couple of boys, and I have this little girl. And and the little girl is a whole different ball game. We we took them blue rule books and threw them away, and now we got the pink one. And <laughs> right. and yeah, oh yeah, I'm a hypocrite. I'll admit it, bro. I'll I'll own it. <laughs> the boys had a whole different rule book. We set them on fire and put what's left in the shredder. And now we have the pink rule book that is now the law of the land. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, a hypocrite. I have a 12-year-old stepdaughter and a two-year-old son. There are different rules for the Absolutely. girl and the boy. It's just, it's just, you're 100% right. It's hard, man. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. I was different with the boys, you know. Oh yeah, fellas, let me hold on. Wait a minute now. Let, let's 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 reflect. Things have changed. And it's so right. funny because she's the and it's so funny because she's the bully of the whole group. She's the meanest one of all of us. It's uh, crazy. Fun stuff. And she, and you know what's so funny is I try to tell her, you know what? That's your redneck coming out. And she's like, Daddy, don't call me a redneck. I'm all, oh, <laughs> honey, if you only knew. Come on now. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> Hamilton <laughs> County here, sweetheart. Oh, yeah. Grungy County. We'll go up north a little bit. Oh, yeah. Have you have you have you brought? Uh, have you had your daughter visit uh, Chattanooga? I, you know, I never have. That's so funny. We've been to Texas. We've been to California. We've been to Colorado. I've taken her to a few states. Nothing with monster trucks. It's so funny. My daughter has never been around the trucks. I. It's so funny. I just when she was born, I was traveling 42 weeks a year. Man. And and no dad can do that. No dad of a little girl who says Man. his little girl is the most important. And and if you're if you're trucking and that's your life, or you're over the road, or your your career has forced you to travel, then I understand that. Fortunately for me, I didn't have to do that, and and I was able to stop and be dad. And man, thank God I did. Uh, first words, you know, you've seen the other interview, you know it. I the first steps, the first words, I was there for it, and and what a privilege! I I love my little girl so much. She's a she's a bully. She's my bully. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this together. So if you did bring her back here and you did have her watch a show, a monster truck show, how frustrating would it be to have her watch a monster truck show in the UTC arena? In the room. You've only got like 10 feet of space. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's so crazy. I, 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 I love that place. It's See, I'm biased. I'm biased. I go there 
And I'm still, I'm still the little kid who went there with Jimmy to see the General Lee in the in the late seventies, early eighties. The World of Wheels every year. Oh yeah, those old yeah. tractor pull. I know. Yeah, I'm old. I said it. I'm old. Whatever. <laughs> nah, we're out there with you, man. We're not. Dude, we go to the World of Wheels shows. We'd go to the World of Wheels shows, and I love that place. I mean, the, the Moccasin Arena, dude. That's it. The Mock. The Mocks. That's right. Yeah. I, dude, I know, right? And 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 to go yeah, back they're there. The, they're the they're the Mockingbirds now, not the. Oh, dude, anymore. no! I still got my hometown pride. I'm never gonna <laughs> dig on Chattaboogie, dude. Like, I love that place. Like they got rid of Chief Makanuga. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the mocking birds. Well, I okay. think. Oh my gosh! Birds. You know it's so funny. My mother still has her UTC degree hanging on the wall. So I, Heck yeah, I have nothing but love, man. That's my home. So um, <laughs> now I will bag. I will bag on my alma mater, the Lobos. Everybody gives me a hard time because I'm a Lobo, but I, I won't pick on Chattanooga, man. That's my home. But you know, play, you uh, know, it's small. Re- no, it's running, a, you running know, those trucks and those little, those little arenas like that, which I'm sure, I'm sure the roundhouse isn't the only small one that y'all would do. Now, what I felt typically is there's three types of shows that we would do with Monster Jam, and that is stadium shows where it's just all out, whatever you can do, anything goes. Yeah. Yes, sir. And there's there's medium grade shows where oftentimes they couldn't bring in dirt or tremendous obstacles due to building restrictions and things like that. Right. And sometimes, unfortunately, there were just flat out hockey rinks and basketball courts they expected you to operate within the confines of. And yeah. And and I'm lucky for me, they figured out early in my career they didn't want me in those. <laughs> 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 And in, and in very in one of my later years, in one of the one of the second or third years, I got my sponsored truck. A schedule came around, and there was an opportunity to go to Chattanooga. And I remember they were laughing about it. And I was like, laughing at Chattanooga. I was like, hell, that's my hometown. Yeah. I was like, put me on there, and I'll go and dominate that show. And they were laughing. They were like, okay, well, you know, so you're just gonna go and turn everybody off like usual, huh, Charles? You know, I was like laughing. I was all. I'm telling you, put me in that show. Ain't nobody else going to win anything. I said, that's where I'm from. And they sure found that one out the hard way. Nice. I was like, I don't care what happens. I'm going there to win. It was a good time. Definitely, man. <clears throat> I remember you the, were there. When we it, it was it. one of the greatest pride I ever had was seeing you, Jimmy, all my, all my childhood friends. But let's go back oh, even yeah. deeper. Let's, let's start by going to Red Bank Elementary, man. My home school. You know what I mean? Where. I'm the assembly. Dude, I'm the, I'm the reason y'all I used to be what y'all are doing now. That's awesome. <laughs> I I one of the greatest stories I have to tell, and I do hope you guys use this piece. I I was very fortunate to return home to Chattanooga for a Monster Jam show. And I thank Monster Jam for putting me there. What a what a wonderful show it was. And I got to spend that weekend visiting both the elementary school that I went to before and the hospital that I was born in. But I didn't just go to like the newborn ward and say hi and everything was cool. I went to the oncology ward and and I met some kids in that oncology ward and and I was like, dude, it just, I, again, I personalized everything so much. It wasn't just like some presser for me. I, I, I wanted to shake every kid's hand. I want to know everybody's name. And, and, and I met a young man there and I, I'm, I won't say his or his grandfather's name, but they sure know who they are, and I'll certainly send them a copy of this. He's in there for cancer. 
and he was real young. He was like 12 years old back in gosh, 2012, whenever this was the last time, but he's really going through a tough time in, in the 2012s. I, I'm trying to like think about what I can say respectfully and not. I'm sorry, guys, but but his grandpa and me, we were talking and, and all the other kids they brought in and I was all, hey, where's all the Gravedigger fans? You know, and everybody put up their hands and I'm all, y'all get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> they were so mad right away. And this kid wasn't a Gravedigger fan. I was like, you're my bro, man, right on. And we started talking and I, I learned he's going through some things that would, would, would snap most of us in half, dude. He's a tough kid. He's tougher than we'll ever be. All three of us combined. Yeah. And he's in there fighting, dude. And he's like, yeah, I'm not a Gravedigger fan. You know, I kind of like this, that, whatever. Your truck seems cool, I guess, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, what if you think, what would you think if a kid from Chattanooga went down there, punched out Gravedigger's lights or anybody else that's there tonight and brings you the trophy? And he was like, that'd be awesome. I was like, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I went down there, dude. It was insane. It was such a crazy night. I broke everything under that truck. Everybody hated me on the crew. And I just was like, <laughs> I'm really sorry, y'all. Looks like I owe you some Ruby Tuesdays or something. Hey, here's, I'll tell you what, here's a six pack of crystals. Y'all have a good night. Yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> and and I, I ran that thing in the ground and I got out of there as soon as I could with the trophy. And I went back to the hospital. I was like, oh, man, I'm about to get locked up here. You know, everything's closed down. Lights are all half off. And right. and I get up there, and the dude's room is open about six inches. And I went over. I kind of pushed on the door. I'm like, oh, Lordy. And I opened the door, and there's Grandpa. And he goes, hey, we've been waiting for you. <laughs> and the door opened, oh. and they were sitting there. And I took that trophy into that kid. And that was one of the best nights of my life. And... After I left that hospital and the people I left there with, I won't tell you anything else that happened that weekend other than I went straight back to my room and went to bed like a good boy. Sure, sure you did. Right. Uh, yes, right did. away. <laughs> right away. And there was no rental car vehicle that harmed in the filming of any of this. <laughs> and it was a quiet, mellow weekend after that victory. It affected me emotionally, none whatsoever. And I went right back and went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> And if y'all believe that, I got some swamp land out here in Albuquerque since yeah. I'm a realtor. I'd love to sell you if you want to send me a down payment. Oh, yeah. Are you are you chomping at the bit to get out there and do some of those, I mean, ridiculous, crazy stunts they're doing now? I see what they're doing now. What kills me, I'll be honest, the, the, the front flips, the back flips, there's some men and women who worked in this career at the same time I did. And there's some of them that I'm I'm so rejoiceful to see their success because they're some of the hardest working people in our sport and they deserve it. And I, and I'm I'm going to be just as honest when I say I look at a lot of people and I'm like, man, and I, and I probably people thought of this of me. How did you even get here? <laughs> and and I I think that if if I chose to go back. And everybody asks this question ultimately is, is Charles, what's, what's it going to take to get you back? I, well, one would be yeah, that's on my list to ask. I would, I would love it. Ask away, please. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what he's saying. That's one on his list. What's it going to take to yeah, get you what back? What is it going to take? To answer your question, what it would take to get me back in the seat of a monster truck is an arrangement to know that, that a, my family's taken care of, but B, we do it as an enterprise that 
that raises money and awareness for kids in the hospital. And I, I, I think that's so selfish because what if somebody just wanted to give me a million bucks and say, Hey man, just get out here and race and put the name of, you know, Smith filters on your truck or whatever. And I, I, I would be honored. And, and like, say Forrest Lucas called me tomorrow and said, Charles, come back here and run the Lucas truck. I, Mr. Lucas, I love you, man. You were so good to me the whole time. I would still do it, but, but I think we could do more. I think there's toys. I think there's novelties. I think I would, I would give my pit bull rights over to, to raise money for kids in wheelchairs who need it more than any of us. And I've never left that. Wow. Yeah. And if there's a sponsor or somebody who's into it and thinks that I'm nuts enough to get out there and keep going for a while or, or create and eventually run a team that, that is comprised of a bunch of generous human beings that realize there's a greater cause than ourselves out there. And, and, and something that could help kids in hospitals and to mentor kids that are at risk, kids that ain't got their dads in their lives, kids that have had a tough time, maybe healthy siblings that have had kids in hospitals and they've had to spend their lives in waiting rooms while their brother's getting treatment or things like that. Something that helps those people is something I would get behind and work for for no salary. I mean, nothing. I would drive the truck and that would be great, but I would coordinate everything. I would fly to every town. And as long as I knew my family was took care of, I, I would give away everything we could ever make to help little kids and make a difference in people's lives. Man, that is amazing. That is some good motivational stuff right there. That, that gives me uh, chills just thinking about it. I mean, I wish we could make it happen. I just want to win, bro. Like my thing is, is I get my buzz from winning. I'm, I'm very blessed through my family's businesses and the businesses I've created. I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat. And I thank God for that every day. But what I would look for is the best. I mean, gosh, man, isn't that everybody's dream is to do what you love and, and imagine doing what you love, but you don't just do what you love for your job. You do what you love and you help little kids who need it way more than you. Veterans, people who've served our country. I've, I've thought about for a long time. I really like Wounded Warrior. I would run a truck just for Wounded Warrior. Like I would throw a second truck in our semi. We'd have the one that I drove into the ground every week, the pit bull, just to raise money for them kids' hospitals, the Children's Miracle Network, the, the, the veterans, everything we do with that. But I would have a second truck with a couple of drivers that I've spoke with who are of similar, similar character and beliefs as me that would run a wounded warrior truck into the damn ground. And I mean, dangerous, like just the two of us alone would be like, Whoa. And everybody else would be like, I don't think I want to work in that town with them this weekend as we can't afford to compete with them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some of these people have driven green trucks. Some of them have driven blue trucks. And they all are of a similar mindset to me of, man, Charles, if, if you could just put it together at some point, we'd all get together and just run some mega truck factory and just go out and give it all away. Like I, I, I was the biggest buzz I've ever had in my life, man. And I shouldn't compare it to buzzes. How about the greatest feeling of, of satisfaction, the greatest feeling of satisfaction I've ever had in my life. Is, is winning those humanitarian of the year awards so many consecutive years with Monster Jam. Yeah. Because to me, it's it's not just about winning. I mean, it's got to have winning. You, I went out there to win. 
I, I make no mistake. I love giving away the money and helping people, but I went out there to win. If I can take both those and put them together in the same place, nothing could stop me. Nothing could stop me. And everybody who went to those shows would be on the edge of their seats. Everybody who could reap benefits from sponsoring an enterprise or a team like that would be thought of at the highest levels of respect. And everybody on our team would be selfless and willing to do whatever it took to to put on the best show for those people and make the most money and awareness for the causes we could make. And I'm, I'm real simple in my causes. It's kids in hospitals and it's veterans of the United States of America. There was a movie uh, with Jason Bateman and they uh, he had the idea to do All Heart. And it's reminded me a lot of that. It was, uh, Will Smith was in it too. The movie called, was called Hancock. Huh. Will Smith had powers and uh, he meets up with this guy and he's trying to sell this idea where the the companies give away their products, um, but they have the all heart symbol on there and the all heart help. It, that's what it sounds like to me. And it sounds amazing. It sounds absolutely like a great idea. Imagine, man, we send them trucks to a town early every week. We get there way before the show. We're, we're at the hospital set up. Imagine you're a little kid struck in the hospital. Maybe you got 15 minutes outside before your batteries start beeping on your devices and stuff. Bro, I'll bring that truck right up to the front steps. I'll bring it as close as the hospital police will let me right. to to make you immersed in the experience. You want to climb in my truck? Climb in my truck. You want to you want to start it? To press that button. My sponsors make sure the best motor in the world starts when you touch it, little man or little <laughs> woman or whatever. I, yeah. I I I what whoever wants to come out and get their mind off the stuff they're going through, come on out. Healthy siblings. Oh, you've been locked in this waiting room for a month, bro. Hey, come downstairs. I'm about to put you to work. Mom, dad, sign this waiver. I'm going to have them change tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know how many hospitals? No. I've been... <laughs> it's that's crazy. A, that's a beautiful, beautiful idea. I mean, I, I there's so much that the, the, the kids could get out of this. Um, you know, the, the adults, the parents would love it for their kids. They would love it themselves. I know if if it was going through, if it was me and, and my kid had was going through an unfortunate medical issue and somebody cared enough, I would want to help that person. I would be, I would want to spend my money on whatever they were trying to achieve because that to me is what life is all about is helping others and giving joy to others, especially kids that are unfortunate enough to, to be going through cancer or, or whatever, an accident. I love that you can recognize that, bro. And imagine, I mean, yeah, I got this realtor thing. I got this construction thing. I got this management thing, whatever. But imagine taking, like, I mean, I, I have my jobs. Can I say that's my love of my life? I I do like what I do and I'm very blessed and I thank God for it. But it's it's not like if I could just choose one, it would be one of those. It would probably be the trucks. And and right. but it would only be the trucks if we could do it in that fashion. Yeah, no, competitive right. equipment that wins, that represents the biggest people, and that does it all in the interest of giving it away to help two very specific groups of people. I love that you recognize that. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's the best idea I may have ever heard. And I, I think there's 
enough money in the world to uh, get behind it. I just, I'm not sure how to make it happen, but, uh, you know, prayer solves a lot of problems. If it's meant to be, I, I think we're well on our way. I, I, I would also like to just, and, and this is no cut here, bro. Since you said it, I'll say it. And I'll take it to a third level, and you guys can decide if you want to use this or not, okay? All right. Sure. I'll tell you about a lost young man. (sighs) Hey, man, hold on, okay. This is as real as it gets, and if you want to add this third element, I'll leave it to you, gentlemen. We've talked about little kids who need things more than us, who don't have a choice in this. We've talked about heroes, men and women who have served their country and come back short and are dealing with things. But man, y'all and you specifically, bro, just brought up the third level that I would touch on. And that is prayer. And that is the man upstairs. You look at every truck, you look at every truck I ever rode, brother. There's a cross on it and it says, get right with the man. And, and I, to elaborate on the point I made earlier about reaching out to these young men that don't have the parents in their life or don't have the the positive leadership or, or, or maybe dad's down on his luck, works a lot or, or doesn't know the way and is, is perhaps not the best influence through alcohol, drugs, or whatever might be interfering with that, that role that that young man needs to reach his full potential. Then, then I would love the opportunity for our team to be a light of his to show them that you can be the badass, toughest guy in this place tonight, but you do it through his light and with him as the boss. Amen. And that's deep. That's deep, bro. That's oh, yeah. deep. And I know I'm going to turn off a lot of people and a lot of people are going to get pissed. And I had, I had problems no. saying that before and I got told not to, not to pray and, I don't even want to talk about dramas and bull crap I've been through with people going, Hey bro, try to keep that stuff, you know, down a little bit, but, but look no, what's happening. Remember, look what's happening, we're dude. The, look. We're the Bible belt of the South. That's where we originate. Bible the, belt of the Baptist world. Church, dude. I'll say it. <laughs> White Oak Baptist. I got saved there, bro. Yeah. Dayton Boulevard and White Oak. I mean, right. dude, it's as real as it gets, dude. And I'm, I'm I'm not only a regular attendee at my church, I serve there as well. And I I I believe in in I read both books. You know what I mean? The new one and the old the old one and the new one. I'll just I don't now I'm going way out. Now I'm getting deep here, but <laughs> I'm no, either gonna I mean, piss off everyone or there or I mean either way, how about this? I'll never be considered fake. How's that, brother? There you go. It's perfect. Perfect. Love it's me or hate me. Perfect. I'm not a BSer. Yeah, I, I I I thought I liked you before the interview, um, and now I have a I have a bro love for you. I, I like I like your 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 your, your what's what's the word? I'm, your your the cut of your jib or something. I need something better than that. Jeez. You just did you just go uh, back no. to the fifties or what? <laughs> cut of your jib. I want to say this is. An unpaid uh, promotion, but you mentioned uh, Lucas Oil Products, and uh, for me, uh, I don't use anything else. Um, I, you know, I additives in my vehicles, uh, you know, over a hundred thousand miles, and they're still running sweet. Just wanted to mention that. I love that you're doing that, and I appreciate it. And and Forrest Lucas, 
Tom Bogner and the entire team at Lucas Enterprises, they really, they picked us up back when, before anybody else did. When Pitbull Monster Truck was brand new, Lucas was one of the first major sponsors to come in and go, hey man, we we like what you're doing. We like the kids thing. We like the truck racing. We like your spirit. And in fact, here's here's a bunch of help for your team. Why don't you go blow some stuff up? And in fact, we want to invite you out to California to our factory in Corona. And we want you to meet our, our founder, Forrest Lucas. And I met Forrest Lucas. I met Morgan Lucas. That drag racer, when he fires that thing up, dude, if you <laughs> if you don't if you don't get the, the goosebumps when that dragster or their monster truck that I drove fired up, I don't know what to tell you. You 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 need some serious help if those things don't attack your senses. And and Lucas, the reason they're able to do this and help people is is because they do bring the goods. Forrest Lucas hires the best folks. I've been to their lab. I've been to their factory. I've met the people who actually develop and create their products. I believe in it. And it's it's so easy for me to go out in front of the whole country and sell stuff that I believe in. And it, it's actually quite impossible for me to go out and sell stuff that I think sucks or I don't believe in. So when I say how much I believe in Lucas, I... I hope my endorsement rings true because if I thought something was crap, I sure wouldn't say a darn thing good about it. And Mr. Lucas not only brought the goods, but he shared the goods and he helped Pitbull Racing help a lot of little kids in the hospital. And Mr. Lucas and, and Mr. Bogner, if you're out there and you hear this, man, I'd like you to know how much we appreciate how much y'all did for us and making a difference in those kids' lives. And, and the thought of doing that again someday is just, it, it's mind blowing. It's crazy. These gentlemen have brought up ideas and thoughts that I haven't even thought of for a long time, dude. It's crazy. It's good stuff. Josh, I finished my list of, of questioning. Did man, you have anything else you wanted to do? Nah, we, we touched on everything I had jotted down, man. Man, y'all will be cutting for months after this. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right, man. I'm used Should to I it. have had... Now you said no pants and I don't have to be sober, right? We're good, bro. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. All right. No, on. no, vid- no video was taken. My disclaimers are good. <laughs> Do you guys know a famous DJ there by the name of Max O'Brien? Max O'Brien. Oh yeah. I I want you two to find Max O'Brien. I hope this tape is still rolling. And I I don't know if y'all, Josh. This this might be a little bit before your time. But when we bought WJTT. That's the FM in Red Bank. Right. My family owned an AM in Tiftonia called WFLI. And it's been it's been to everybody, dude. We had rock and roll. <laughs> we had urban, we sold it to the preachers for a while. Hell yeah, Tommy Jet, dude. He's yeah. dead. Yeah. I yeah. Tommy Jet, I used to take him coffee, dude, when he was in the studio. I was like eight. <laughs> Was, was that loved, the, dude, those guy. bimbos were outside? Those bimbos were outside in Tiftonia, dude, waiting to talk to him. <laughs> they still got they that. couldn't believe it, dude. The beehive hairdos. Yeah. They've got that I'm station over there still, and uh, they've uh, created like a, a top forty uh, Hall of Fame museum over there now. My cousin runs it. I'm very impressed with her, actually, and I will definitely runs go on the record. WFLI. She runs everything, the whole East Coast operation of our family's business. And she's oh, a wow. badass. I will officially say that. Betty yeah. is a badass. Yeah. I like her a lot and I'm impressed with her. They uh we had what? a we had a, another one of our buddies worked over there for a little bit, uh on the at the 
museum part. And then he was. So that's Johnny Eagle. Do you know Johnny Eagle? He's the runner of everything, man. Johnny was the boss from my grandfather. He ran everything from my grandfather. Yeah, I don't know any of those guys. I just, I just talked to Aaron when he'd, when he worked over there. And then like he'd have to go down to Trenton and, uh, uh, Dalton, Trenton. Yeah, uh, do the ball games, like patch the ball games in, (laughs) the basketball games. They were carrying the mocks, basketball games. Ask Jimmy, ask his mother. 1977 through through 79 and a little bit of 80 before we moved. My dad had a, a, a FM or an AM DJ who was just a wasteoid. He was really unreliable. You know, he'd be out partying all the time, whatever. Yeah. So he would take me down to the AM at like 10 o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night on Saturday. And I would do my radio show from 10 o'clock at night till six in the morning. And that was he and my mother's date night. <laughs> they, <laughs> that's how him and my mother knew I was okay because I was running the radio station and playing the top 60 rock hits at the time on WFLI. I had 60 carts I was allowed to play and I had to play four commercials an hour on a list they had. Right. And I was allowed to do anything else I wanted. And my nickname was the Screaming Demon. And I had my own radio show and my mother had this idea with a friend of hers who was in charge of media relations at jet fly. There was a show called real people and they got the, yeah, they got me on that show as the world's youngest DJ at the time. I had an FCC license at eight (laughs) years old. Josh, we forgot one thing. What's that? I have one final question. uh, Hold hold hold, Hold off before you do that. What what were you? You're scaring me. Uh, you you started to you started to say something about oh Max. What was it you were going to say about Max? Oh Max, Max O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want you to talk to whoever gets hold of Max O'Brien first. I want you to ask him. Hey Max, you know I know you've been a cop here for I don't know 150 years, right? <laughs> yeah. When you were a cop in the 70s. Is it true that you handcuffed some fine young man and stuffed him into the trunk of a vehicle? For a couple of hours while you and his father drove around town and went to some lunches. <laughs> no, Max put me in a set of handcuffs and locked me in the trunk of a car in the 1970s for several hours. And I'm, have to call him, call him up while he's on air and ask him. <laughs> tell him there's a oh, fellow who's was... still a little resentful. <laughs> tell, him, tell him things like that build character. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> That's funny. He man. did. He worked for my dad at FLI for a long time. Well, Steve, uh, what uh, you said you had one more question? One more question. We, we usually ask, we like to ask. Oh, to our yeah. Guests. I can't believe we almost forgot this, man. Oh, this Lord. is ridiculous. Jeez. No, I no, did not know really he good. was a man. No. That's my answer. No, I did not know that was a fella. Is that the question? No, his name was Lola. Oh, wait. Never mind. Sorry. Forget that. <laughs> no. No. Forget I said anything. Well, yeah. We always like to ask everybody, uh, what was your first vehicle? Your oh man! I mean, I know you've been saying you've, through the interview you've been driving since you were eight and stuff, but I mean, your actual, your very first car or truck. Nineteen seventy nine Dodge Ram Charger four by four, three sixty slow part with a thermo bog four barrel. Har, 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 har. How's that? Could I be? Could I get more specific, gentlemen? <laughs> no, but that doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was right up. No, Jimmy, 
I used to, hell, I'll go even further. I got it in Chattanooga, but I was eight when we actually got the vehicle. I didn't take it over for eight more years. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Jimmy's ridden in that truck with me. Jimmy rode in the truck. I took over. I built the hubs for it. We put a lift kit on it. We, I, I, dude, we're from a different, I'm telling you, man, it's, (laughs) I know you ain't much younger than us, Josh, but it was a different world back then, dude. Oh, yeah. We, We'd get out there and jack the truck up. Be like, I, you ever seen like the Bad News Bears or uh, yeah. Six Pack? You guys yeah, know the yeah. movie Six Pack? That's oh, me yeah. and Jimmy yeah. out there stealing the wheels off some <laughs> car, dude. That was me and Jimbo. <laughs> uh, now, see, that'll be a whole different show. <laughs> we'll have to do another dude, episode. Saying, just me and Jimmy could do a show just on Chattanooga yeah, history. I'll just let y'all oh, talk. Yeah, I'll just let y'all talk, and I'll just record it and walk away and go do some stuff. I got a few phone <laughs> numbers we could call that we just all we'd have to promise is an, an anonymity to the other participants. Uh, all the all the names have been changed <laughs> to protect the somewhat partially less innocent than yeah. maybe Jimmy and I were. <laughs> I have to get the wordage correct. Oh, Gosh, God. I'm honored to be on your show, man. I'm, I'm. Oh man, I appreciate you uh, taking uh, time out to do this. I'll never not be me. I don't know what's going to happen with real estate. I don't know what's going to happen with, with corporate changes, inheritances, or. But I just know I, I don't worry about none of that. I'm just me. I take all the experiences from Chattanooga, from Eastridge, from 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 Memphis, from Atlanta, from Birmingham, from from Norfolk, from Richmond, Pittsburgh, Albuquerque, and and I thank God that it's that it's been His will to let me be around this long and 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 share it. Like it's a, it's a crazy world, and it's so hard being a kid from a busted home and and dramas and. And seriously, look, think about every external influence. Like, I know I'm kind of a jokester and I joke about busting up vehicles, but as a as a single kid that doesn't have good influences, how many how many people are exposed to the lush or the or the doper or the or the beat mama or the or God forbid the the kitty diddlers out there that don't even care about mama? They're just using her to get to kids or or whatever. If if we could if we could take our experiences and our silliness and forge that into something that gives them guidance, damn, dude, we made a difference. Like that's something I could die on. I know that sounds like kind of morbid and creepy, but I I would like to sit there on my way out going, I wasn't just a self-centered kid. I really wanted to achieve other goals and help others and, and being surrounded by the fruits of that. I have a really great pastor and, to me, it's it's one thing to talk about it, but when you see the fruits, I mean, that's what a tree is supposed to do, right? You tend to the tree, yeah. and if the tree don't produce the fruit, it's dead. Right. I want to see fruits. I want to go around, and I want to punch out the best drivers or the toughest guys, and I want to take every flower there, all them kids, all those impressionable young men, maybe seeing mom get beat, maybe seeing dad a doper or a lush or whatever, and I want to take those flowers. And send them down the right path. I know that sounds really dumb, guys. I'm sorry. I wish I had a better analogy. No, 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 man. It's not dumb at all. But if we could take this forum and put the principles of being a – to teach a young man how to stand up and be responsible, be respectable, and and take pride in yourself, your work ethic, the way you treat your family, the way you represent your hometown, your people, your – Right. Dude, I appreciate it. The fact to to tell my hometown how much I think about them and how much it meant to me to be from there and and – I'll never forget it. I mean, that's that's no bull. 
I love Chattanooga. I love Red Bank. I'm I'm so thankful that I got to grow up in that part of the country to be to be a big part of who I became because I don't think I would have done it being from other places. Yeah. I love it. And I, I would love to do something for you guys to show my thanks once you get that together for me. And I'm, if anything comes of it, I mean, seriously, dude, if some million dollar place said, you know what, if he would come to our NASCAR track or do something once or twice a year, we'd send him out there with a couple of trucks. Then you all could be a part of something that helps change his kids' lives. I'm very blessed with my real estate stuff. If some rich sponsor said we would back his truck operation, if he would give it all away, I would give it all away. And, and I would emulate you guys in every interview for life if you were the catalyst that helped that happen. <laughs> like picture y'all at the Georgia Dome with me down there at Monster oh, yeah. Jam. When I say these two, so the reason I brought these two trucks here and I'm going to turn them into pretzels this weekend for this 90,000 of my closest friends. <laughs> It'd be awesome, and, and, man. It'd be awesome if something does come of it, for sure. It's crazy how things I mean, begin. That's, that's what dreams were made of. That's right. Dude, I watched I watched hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year begin from an operation that turned into a hat being passed in a crowd at a tough truck contest. So I truly believe anything's possible. Yeah. And then you put that with somebody who's done it for so many years. I mean, you, you can't call up Dennis Anderson. Hey, Gravedigger. <laughs> Is, did Charles Benz really give away all his paychecks to little kids in the hospital every week? <laughs> Nine years. That's a pretty good resume. Oh, yeah. Thank you all stuff. so much. I'm I'm honored. I don't even know what to say, man. I'm I love Chattanooga and I'm I'm it's a buzz just to even talk with y'all, I'll be honest. I'm gonna send y'all some New Mexico green chilies. Y'all are getting some New Mexico green chilies. I hope you eat them. <laughs> yeah. guys yeah. thank you so much yeah. i won't forget this i'm i'm honored and enamored and i just i can't wait to to buy you guys one down at the brew house in person yeah well you know, come on out ben. here brother it's coming yeah, I, I gotta get back we... and check on some of our stuff soon do you yeah, yeah my mom I, down, you need to say hi i come back every four or five years to take pictures just to show my mom what we've got some strip stuff there some commercials some houses and some what has evolved into cell phone tower sites over the years. So I got you. I got you. every now and then I show up and take some pictures and make mama happy. Heard that. It's I great. Heard stuff. Guys. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, man. You oh, need anything you. anytime, brother. You call me. Uh, you do the same, man. And be sure to let us know when you're, when you're on your way out here and we'll uh, hang out. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, I'm, I look forward to seeing you both. When I come back, we're going to the brew house. We're going to get some good grub. And, and I, Gosh, man, can you imagine? Imagine something turns from this, and and in a year from now, two years from now, y'all are in some cancer ward with a bunch of kids standing around a truck that are just freaking, and y'all made it happen. Could you imagine that? That'd be awesome, man. I I would never forget the people who made that happen, and I'm a real good noisemaker. Thank you both. Thank you very much. Ah, right. well, we appreciate you, brother. And we'll uh, talk to y'all soon. Thank you I'll both, let, man. Have a great yeah, one. You too. And I'll I'll let you know when we get it all put together and stuff. I can't wait. I hope I don't sound too stupid. <laughs> no, 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 no. Y'all all take right. care. Hi, right, brother. Talk to you later. Coming. Good night. Bye bye. All right. You can turn your volume back down. You can sit down because I know you were on the edge of your seat that whole time. Because Charles Benz is just an amazing interview. He's an amazing speaker. Such an awesome guy. Such a nice guy. Man, Josh, what did you think about all that? Oh, man, I'm just proud to know him. I agree. 
That's awesome. I mean, it's the coolest thing. One of the coolest interviews, man. I really love that guy. He, you know, he hit some heartstrings there at the end. I just, man, such a good guy. Sure do appreciate him. Appreciate all his time and, and all your time listening. Man, come back and see us. Visit us at twolikableguys.com. Visit our Facebook page. We're always trying to start to give away some good crap. I mean, some Ooh. special swag. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you, Ed McMahon, for being there for Johnny Carson. You are correct, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Josh, did you need to add anything, sir? No, buddy. I think you covered it. Man, I think that was awesome. Thank you again, Charles Benz. Uh, we look forward to it, and we'll catch you next time. You know, we like you guys, and we hope you like us, too. Later. Later.